Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Fins Up podcast. I am your host and I am back from my hiatus of this podcast, Mortz, and I am joined by my handsome colleague, as always, Big Dan. How you doing, buddy? Mate, I'm glad to see you back. Thanks for joining us on this beautiful Tuesday evening. How's the trip? Yeah, look, it was uh, just what the doctor ordered, except I was delayed getting there and I was delayed getting home. But other than that, can't complain. Sharks won both the games. They certainly did. Did you see the news breaking today that people are stuck in Bali for days and days? Correct. So yeah. we were lucky to get home. And they're also uh, worried about earthquakes again. Oh, well, I'm glad you got back safe and sound, mate. I missed you. Although, shout out to Paul, who did a wonderful job last week. Yeah, and shout out to Joshy, who, uh, who did a great job filling in for me on uh, Rugby League Outlaws as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Check us out. Fantastic. Great plug. Yeah. Buy some shirts. <laughs> There's not many left. There's not actually. We've done about a thousand more than I thought we would. So really, yeah, really we're happy. One. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what a what a week. But mate, you missed two sharks games. What's doing? Well, I was actually stuck on the tarmac for the sharks bulldogs game, so I got to watch that on my phone, and I was really severely jet lagged when I got home uh, to watch the knights game, but. Uh, yeah, look, I was, in, I was in the country for that. We had a great Father's Day. Uh, you know, so my football team managed them to a, uh, a great final win. Uh, Sharks win. Uh, got to go and hang out with you. Like, what a day. Perfect, mate. Welcome back to Australia. And speaking of what a day it was on Father's Day, the Sharks beat the Newcastle Knights 38 points to 16 up there in Newcastle uh, in a kind of frustrating game, kind of not. And I'll throw it over to you to start off with. How, what were your thoughts, feelings on the game? We needed to win, and we did. So, you know, I've seen Sharks teams go up in similar circumstances and bottle this. We've seen it happen against Manly, you know, and I, with all due respect to Newcastle, I don't think they're quite up to what that Manly team was or any team for that matter. But you never know with the Sharks. So, mate, you offered me the win, 7-6, I don't care, we'll take it. In saying that, yeah, it was frustrating. Nico Hines, you know, was really off the boil. He obviously has been hunting his pool for the Daly M. You kept dropping the ball, very, very frustrating. Conceded some piss-weak tries, which you haven't for week, weeks and weeks. But when you look at it, mate, we won in a canter by the end. If it goes another 20 minutes, we score another five tries. Not for a second did I think we were going to lose. Didn't think we'd concede the amount of points we did. You know, they got very, very lucky with a couple of tries. No one got injured. It's a win for me. Yeah, look, this, this game was really... Frustrating that first half, and it reminded me of the game this year that we played the Warriors up in Sunshine Coast, which ironically the score was 38-16 on that day as well. But if you remember, we were down 12-0 after the first two sets of the game. Now, we never trailed in this game, but we scored the first try, scored it pretty easily, and you think, all right, we're just, we're just going to go on and do this. A controversial call with Jacob Saifidi or Matty Cavallo, um, and then they just, you can't, allow what happened. Scrum feed past the water tech, so he steps Blake Braley like he wasn't there, and Wade Graham just falls off him. Go down the other end and score. Oh, sorry. Uh, Luke Metcalf runs the length of the field. We throw an intercept. They run the length of the field. 12 all at halftime. I've got to say, in, in years gone by, 12 all at halftime, I'm picking Newcastle to run home in that game. But you could just... There was a... When the players were coming off, the camera panned to Matt Moylan... And he looked so concerned going into that dressing room. He knew what was about to happen. Certainly did. He knew what was about to happen. <laughs> and then he, 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 watching the Fox Sports commentary, 
if you listen to when they, they always say about what the coaches said, and Craig Fitzgibbon walked in and said that he was so disgusted in the performance, he let the players sort it out. Genius coaching. And then sprayed them for three minutes. They deserved a spray, mate. I would have been very disappointed if they didn't caught one. They reacted, though, because we scored in the first, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, look, that, that breeze up there at McDonald Jones Stadium looked absolutely awful. In the first half, Newcastle could kick past this shadow. Oh, look, Townsend was out there doing the clearing kicks for him. But, uh, you know, we didn't take advantage of that breeze, and likewise, Newcastle didn't. Yeah, you know, right. Run into that breeze seemed to be better for teams. In the first half, Newcastle were the best team, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt in my mind, they had... More possession, more field position, more tackles. They just didn't have the cattle to, to capitalise on. No, you're right. They were attacking our line for a long time there. So, yeah. they, mate, they could have been leading quite, you know, not substantially, but by a try or two at half time. Yeah, look, and, and they would have deserved that as well. I think it was just, you know, a last ditch effort. Nico Hines chopped Matt Croker oh, down one on one. Great tackle. That was huge. Aiden, oh no, the Aiden Tolman try save was in the second half. Um, but there were a couple, of, a couple of tackles on our line where you just went, any other day, like that's and especially with how dreadful those conditions were, I'm surprised one or two players didn't slide over the line there. Yeah, that's completely fair. Going into half time, I was pretty annoyed because, like I said, I was expecting us, you know, if we score early, we're going to run home. I could, the only potential I could see is if they scored a couple of tries and we got the yips early. Didn't feel like that was going to happen, you know. When Metcalf ran and scored. I, I said to Bryson, my son, I said, here we go. Sharks will kick into gear now. They've had the, you know, Newcastle have thrown everything out. It's couldn't bust this. You know, we force a knock on. We make a break. We force a knock on up there. Nico throws a pass. You're celebrating us scoring in the corner. Next thing you know, they're scoring in the corner. So, oh, super frustrating. But that second half, mate, they, they reacted. And, you know, to be, to be totally fair, Cronulla's a far classier team than that Newcastle outfit. And it showed... Yeah. And it showed well, by it quite a near, It was a near-perfect second half. It was. But... It was a near-perfect second half. And you just, you know, <laughs> if you take that second half and we can play it in the... But obviously Newcastle had a lot, you know, well, they didn't have a lot to play for in terms of their position on the ladder, but they had a lot to play for in terms of they only won two games at home this year and they had a losing record at home last year. Yeah. Old Boys Day. Old Boys, yeah, Old Boys Day. Um, you know, the, the town came out. The weather wasn't good for them, but... Man, it looked and sounded like a Sharks home game up there. Yeah, we had some some play, uh, some mates up there that were saying similar. We were very loud. I mean, there was some Newcastle fans there because they made some noise when Dominic Young scored, especially. But yeah, when you know when Cronulla came home over the top of them, it reminded me a couple of years ago when you know we flogged them by a hundred and Cronulla. You know, it was black, white, and blue in the stands. It's good to see. You know, there's there's no doubt that Sharks fans are uppity at the moment, whereas Newcastle fans. I mean, good on them. They're that's that side is you know it's shit. Let's be honest, and their form's been terrible. And no one in their right mind in Newcastle colours thought they were going to beat the Sharks this week. Yet they still turned up in decent numbers. Okay, even if they were outnumbered, whatever, they deserve all the credit in the world because that team, mate, apart from you know three or four players, they're just very very ordinary. Here's the interesting thing though: Newcastle had more possession. 52 to 48, and I think that came off the back of the first half because I don't remember having much ball in the second half. Uh, the Knights completed at 79%, we completed at 68%. Mm-hmm. They had 12 more runs, but we made 230 more metres, just to show you how physically dominant we were. They had more offloads, line breaks were exactly the same. They had more kicks, more kick metres, forced more dropouts. Uh, we made more tackles. They missed more tackles. 
14 errors to nine. We gave away more penalties. Uh, they gave away three penalties and two of them got put on report. Yeah, and one of them was a bit... Mm. I know. So, I mean, looking at that now, years gone by, Cronulla get flogged. Yeah, look, Newcastle probably couldn't have done more. You know, they, they did all the things right, but they just, like you said earlier, they don't have the cattle to get us over. You know, maybe a Pete Milford or, you know, uh, if Mitch Pierce was still around and playing good football, then they might have capitalised. But let's be honest, not for a second did I feel like we were going to lose that game. Yeah. Britton Acora touched the, you know, scored every time he touched the ball. So there's plenty, yeah, plenty to like. It, it, it's interesting you say that. I was just about to say, if there's one person that was so glad that that game finished when it did and not another 20 minutes, it was Phoenix Crossland because... Britton Cora scored three tries on him, the poor bastard. But if you have a look at the court, he only 56 metres. Yeah, he, mate, he only had three runs all game and they were three tries. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't really do much, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's come off three, you know, he's, he scored three tries and I went straight on and voted him for the man of the match. Mm-hmm. And then you have a look at it. He had, like, six runs for 56 metres. Obviously, his defence was great and he had three line breaks, but... That's true. I actually put him as my man of the match. Go and collect your man of the match award. You get the game ball, and you did fucking nothing apart from run up Phoenix Crossland three times. Work smarter, not harder. Yeah, another another player who I think's been probably unfairly maligned is young Nicholas Hines. Now, I I fall I fell victim of this hundred percent. I'm guilty as. I thought he was pretty shit. Like, I'm talking his worst game of the season, perhaps. He still had three tries, kicked incredibly well, landed conversions from everywhere. You know, he made a try-saving tackle. He got back and jumped on the ball when no one else was around. I, I didn't see Nico, so I thought they were going to score. So two try-savers and three tries. Not a bad day out for someone that didn't play very well. Yeah, three tries, three line break assists. Saved two tries, as you said, 20 from 20 from his tackles, 5 from 6 from his goal kicks. Obviously, young Metcalf missed one. 47 running metres. His running metres have been down because I think against Manly, he had like 230 run metres or something. And then since then, you know, he's, he's been under the 50 metre mark. But um, wasn't wasn't his best game, wasn't his worst game. Um, you know, I think people are going to remember the intercepts and they're not going to remember the good things he did. But, you know, he threw three bad passes. One Dominic Young picked off and ran the length of the field. One Eddie Lee... Uh, intercepted and, and made a couple of metres and one it looked like it just slipped out of his hands because when the hands on Taylor Cross chest he, he scores. Yeah, that definitely did fall out. That one that Edric Lee took, that's not an error. That's an Edric Lee brilliant play. That was how he held on to that ball is beyond me. Yeah, because if that ball, Edric Lee committed to get that ball, if that ball bounces, Miller picks it up, we score in the corner. Yeah, untouched. It was just it was an all enough and play from the great man with a huge dong. So mate, good on him. I I'm glad to see Edric do well. Yeah, let's talk about some other players as well. I thought Matty Cavallo was absolutely sensational. He had 15 minutes off the field and made 189 metres. Jesse Ramey in 186 metres, uh, 100 of them were from that length of the field. Effort, CC Talakai, 162 metres, uh, three tackle breaks. He was absolutely brilliant. Luke Metcalf uh, off the bench, only played 40, metres, 40 minutes, uh, 136 metres. Alan Newelli and Hunt did their job. Mulatalo, McInnes, Wade Graham over the 100 metre mark. Or Lockie Miller. Lockie Miller. Lockie Miller. 200, 200 metres, 12 tackle breaks, one try, one line break assist, three or five tackles, four points. 200 metres off 12 runs, Dan. <laughs> He's a freak. Mate, every time but, he touched yeah, the ball. If Joey Manu did this, 
Josh and Ben would be in the DMs telling everyone how fucking sensational he is. You don't hear anything about it, though, when it's Lockie Miller, do you? No, that, that's... Who only dreams of being Lockie Miller? That is completely fair. I hope the boys are listening and take heed of that. I thought Lockie Miller's been, you know, arguably our best player in the top two or three, at least over the last month. We'll talk about that more more in detail later, but he scored a try. We said, you know, you said on air that our, you know, returning fullback wouldn't have scored. So we, he would have laid it off. He would have got the try assist. But, you know, Miller, Miller's speed has added something different to this club, and I think he plays a big, big part. I hope we can hold on to him next year. Yeah, I, I don't think we'll let him go next year, but I think it's going to be... Someone's going to come and snap him up for 2024 if we can't offer him a position. Um, look, overall in that game, I've seen people frustrated about it and about our completion rate. So it's probably fair to, to talk about this in length now because you and I have spoken about it. It's not as if we're making dumb errors. You know, like Wade Graham dropped the ball cold coming off our line. He also dropped the ball cold with the line wide open. Um, but other than that, like the errors that we make, the intercepts go down as errors. Yeah? yeah, so three intercepts go down as three errors. And a lot of the errors come from us pushing the ball too much. You know, we make that half break and we always feel like we've got to score off of it. We make the half break and we always feel that we've got to push the extra pass. And I, and, and I bang on about it as well. Joey Manu makes a half break. He doesn't try and throw that pass. He gets tackled. He gets the quick play of the ball. James Tedesco, same thing. Latrell Mitchell, maybe, maybe. You know, Latrell can push a pass as well, but the elite players, when they poke their nose through the line, but they're, they're going to get tackled, they don't try and throw that pass. Now, we've got some seriously elite players in our team, but we're the hyperactive kids, you know? It's just got to be 100 miles an hour all the time. It's none of this just take the safe option, get a quick play of the ball, get them on the back foot. It's now, 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 go, 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 go. You know what I mean? So... Yeah, I, I mean, when Ronaldo scored that try uh, and he, ste- he stepped the fullback like he wasn't there and scored in the corner, I was expecting Ronaldo to kick the ball infield or, or, or throw a Hail Mary pass because they're the types of plays that we make. But Ronaldo's like, you know what, no, I'm just going to step the ball and go in the corner. So smart play. Very smart. You're right. A lot of the errors are coming in, you know, good ends of the, the park, I suppose. You know, you rather you rather an error trying to force pass that leads to a try in their 20 than, you know, coming out of our own end, like the way Graham era. I just, you know, our defence the last few weeks has been pretty pretty close to perfect. Now, we were missing, you know, Toby Rudolph and Dale Finucane, who, you know, are two-thirds of the middle this this past week. So that, that's got to come into it. We did concede a few more points than I would have liked to Newcastle. But the last few weeks, I mean, we're, we're talking about, you know, an intercept try kept us from kneeling Manly, you know, we kept the Bulldogs to nil, and I still maintain if we're playing now, they don't cross the line. You know, they they weren't getting anywhere near scoring a try. Games before that, we were, you know, conceding six and eight points. So we defended our way out of the errors. I don't know if we can do that come the end of the season. You know, maybe against the Cowboys we can, but you're talking, you know, the Roosters or Parramatta or Penrith. You know, a couple of weeks ago against Penrith, we had we held like 90% of the ball or 96% half time. We had them. We had them beat. You know, in the second half, we, we were dropping the ball. They came over and got us late. You know, a little bit of luck was involved, absolutely. You kind of make that yourself. But I'm, I'm happy enough with what it's been because we're winning in spite. But I just I just feel we have to be at 70-plus this weekend going forward unless, you know, we can tackle ourselves with standstill because we're going to need to if we keep dropping the ball. Yeah, look, one of the things I'm 
you know, the last couple of weeks we haven't had is, is Dale Fanuke in there. Um, it was picked up the rib injury against Manly. I don't know why he went back on the field that, that game, to be honest. But, um, you know, he's there, shores up the line for us. But we can't we can't keep making the basic errors inside our own half because if you not only if you allow the Cowboys to get down our end, if you allow their big boppers to continuously run at you at the line, that's when you get fatigued. Because, you, you know, you're just getting up and then you've got to do it all over again. You get up, you've got to do it all over again. There's none of this backpedaling. You're not going back 10 metres. You're not getting a breather. You know, you're just, you're literally getting up and getting slaughtered again. You can't afford to be doing it. So, you know, I know all year Fitz has, you know, promoted this expansive football, this beautiful free-flowing football, but <laughs> it might just be the time where you turn around and go, do that over the 50-metre line. Don't do it before the 50-metre line. Completely fair. We will get to it in a minute, but I think one of the changes that he has made is in, you know, partly at least, to combat that because, you know, that that's those sweeping plays we saw early in the season where we were just, you know, we're creating numbers out of nothing. We haven't seen that for six, eight weeks. That coincides with the lack of form of all Kennedy and, you know, Lockie Miller being a completely different player. Now, Lockie Miller, as we said, has been fantastic, but... You know, he's got a rugby union background from a game where 99% of it is running. That's his strength. And, you know, I'm not asking him to be any other player, but Moylan is at his best when he's got those flowing. So we're seeing a lot of errors, you know, possibly possibly from that because we need to force, we feel we need to force the tries because they're not coming in the way we're used to. So I think I think by default almost we'll see a better completion rate this week. I also think with us being at full... You know, Icavalo's been great. I know he had a very, very unlucky lost ball this week, you know, from that, that head clash, shoulder clash, whatever the hell that was. So, you know, but we're, we're at full strength now, you know, by maybe one player. So if we can't hold the ball this week, mate, we never will. Yeah, that's that, that's going to be the key there. You're going to find out this weekend whether our completion rate. The other thing is we, we, we do play down to our opposition. Like, always. Yeah, you know, like... You have a look at the Roosters against the Tigers, and the Roosters put 70 points on. You have a look at us against the Tigers. Yes, we were eight players out in that game, but we were still just, like, messing about and toying with them, and they scored a try out wide, and we're like, who gives a fuck, you know? Like, whereas the Roosters are like, we've scored one, let's score another, let's score another, let's go and score another, let's do it again. The Raiders on the weekend, clinical, you know, and I don't know, it's, it's only the Tigers. They've got nothing to play for. Who cares? They came last. But every sort of week, you know, the, the Bulldogs, we, we held them to nil, and then you have a look at how bad we played. Yeah. That's because the Bulldogs dragged us into that game. Manly dragged us into that game. We were just a little bit too good on the day to get out of it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, against the Cowboys, I, I feel that we'll have that next gear to go up. Yeah, me too, and I think they're going to be ready, you know. It's worth remembering that Sir Fitz, for all his incredibleness, is a rookie coach. This is his first final series, so... You know, as confident as I am going in this week, we've got to keep that sort of stuff in mind. It's probably lucky we're playing a Todd Payton coach team and not, you know, a Cleary or, you know, Brad Arthur for all the jokes. You know, he's got a lot more experience at this end of the season. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, put last week in the... It, it happened. It was okay. No one was injured, you know, except Talakai. looks like he might be fit, fingers crossed. So, mate, I can't find too many negatives out of the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I can't find too many negatives either. Um, let's go into the game. We're playing the North Queensland Cowboys at home. 
First game at Shark Park in a final since 2008. We've got fond memories of playing our finals at Shark Park. The last one we played, Mr. Tallapapa scored a hat-trick. We beat the Canberra Raiders 36 points, 12. And that was in peak Terry Campisi form as well. Um, so That's such a long time ago when you're talking about... Yes. I had a look at You know, I tried to watch that game today because I remember it just being a thing of beauty. Um, and, you know, we're, we're back there... Um, we're in second position. We're getting to host the Cowboys. Few changes. Uh, Tobias Rudolph is back in. Aiden Tolman drops out of the team. Delphinukin's back in. Young Metcalf drops out of the team. Uh, Tracy, Connor Tracy's in for Matty Cavalu. Don't know if I would have made that call there, but you got to back fits. But the big one that you and I have been talking about, Will Kennedy at fullback. The more I think of it, the more I want Mocky Miller there. But the more I think of it, the more I'm thinking of those sweeping plays against tired forwards. Talk me off the cliff, Dan. Talk me off the cliff. Matt, I can't. I'm right there with you. I mean, on Outlaws, we said we probably would have stuck with Lockie Miller, but we understand why Kennedy. Now, if this is a grand final, will Kennedy play? As simple as that. You pick your, you pick your best available player. You know, he's a reigning back-to-back player of the year or one and a half years. You know, as good as Lockie Miller is, this is a bloke who, you know, Still got five or six NRL games to his name, so the pressure goes up. The Cowboys are going to bring it. Will Kennedy, the one thing he did do, you know, considerably better than Miller is the high ball. When the ball goes up and Lockie Miller's there, I sort of hold my breath. And I know a lot of it was him and Dykes and him and Ikavalu, so not the top string, you know, experienced players. But the ball goes up and you're sort of holding your breath. The ball goes up, Will Kennedy makes a call. You know, kind of get it, Ronnie, your ball, or I got it. So that that makes me very excited in in you know hopefully I'm not jinxing it and their you know their kickers aren't the most creative kickers but I think Kennedy's best there. I also think Kennedy's positional play is very good. There we did see some stuff towards the end of his latest run uh, that I think coincided with his injury. Perhaps I'm I'm willing to cut him some slack there. But um, those sweeping plays, mate, for us to be at our very best, I think we need our attack firing at an eight or nine. I think Will Kennedy's a little bit better with the ball playing. You know, I love Lockie Miller, and I, you know, I said in the group chat, I wish he was named on the bench because if Kennedy isn't playing well, you throw Lockie on, it completely changes the game plan. But I think they've gone to Matt Moylan and they've said, Moiser, who do you want? And I think he goes Kennedy every time. I, I'm, what, what disappoints me the most is that if we couldn't, if we didn't put him at fullback, put him on the wing. Fair. Put him on the wing. There's there, there's two plays on the weekend that I don't think Will Kennedy can make. That 40-20 kick from the, the Knights utility player, which, fuck me, was a kick. Great kick. Down the short side, I had 10 metres to work with, and absolutely nearly 99%, I was sure he was going to nail that 40-20. Kennedy's, Kennedy was so far infield. I'm sorry, uh, Miller was so far infield. He sprinted across and batted the ball back in the play. Will Kennedy doesn't have the speed to do that. Mm-hmm. The second play was the Lockie Miller try. He beats Dan Gagai's atrocious attempt to tackle and puts the afterburners onto the corner. Now, Kennedy beats that tackle as well, but he doesn't score that try because he doesn't have that speed. He beats the tackle, but Mulatalo or Teague wouldn't score that try. Yeah, completely fair. I got another question for you, Dan. When one of our backline, you know, Sipitalakai goes down, why is it Teague Wilton that goes into the centres and not Britton Nakora, who is literally built like a centre? I don't know. I think Teague's got the background. Perhaps that's it. 
I don't get it. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like it just makes so much more sense. I've always thought that Britton Nakora would make a sensational centre because he runs perfect lines. He's a good defender, and his lateral movement is sensational. That's true. Yeah, maybe we'll see I that. Just, I've, I've always, I've always just wondered. Like even a couple of times last year, you had Jack Williams defending out the centres and Britton Nakora just swapping. Yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> Uh, how are you feeling going into this game against the Cowboys? I feel good. I feel like if it was up there, we're traveling into a uh, a cauldron. Mm-hmm. You know, I know we did beat them earlier up there, but you know they weren't at full strength, and no one's you know making that assumption. I, I feel better that we're at home. I think we can beat anyone at Shark Park. So, which is why I was so vocal in my support to play in front of twelve thousand rather than play out at Allianz in front of like. 20, maybe 20, because Cronulla fans don't travel. Let's let's be honest. If it's not a grand final or a prelim, people don't leave the Shire. So maybe we only would have got 20,000. I don't think there's going to be many Cowboys fans there Saturday night, if any. You know, the Cowboys Bay was priced at $90, which scared some people off, you know, our mate included. But I know for a fact people were buying in the Cowboys Bay. So I'm expecting a 99%, you know, it's going to have a 2016 grand final feel about it. I think all our players are in form. You know, Nico is fully fit and firing. I know he had a bit of an off game this week, but over the past six weeks, he's been, you know, the player of the competition or right up there. Moylan's fully fit. You know, Toby's back. If Talakai's fully fit, I think he beats Hiku in that one-on-one. I'm glad it's the Cowboys. You know, they've, they've, they made us look stupid. I'm happy to admit that. Most people had them in, you know, 10th to 16th, us included. So for them to make third is incredible. I just feel like their bubble's ready to burst, whereas I feel ours has got another week or two in it yet. So I'm confident without being, you know, I wouldn't be putting 500 bucks on it, put it that way. No, I, you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm so glad that we're playing the Cowboys rather than, say, the Eels of the Storm. Um, I, don't, I don't fear the Cowboys, and I don't, think, I don't think we as a club fear the Cowboys. We've won our last eight games against them. So... You know, I, you're right. I, I do feel that they're ready. Their bubble's ready to burst. They, they don't travel well, um, and I just I feel that this could be a game where you know our defensive line is so staunch that I just feel this could be a game where Tom Dean and Chad Townsend are really devoid of ideas. Um, they're going to play the power game at us. Mm. Their back rollers are a little bit of a concern in terms of Luciano Leilua. Jeremiah and I, and they bring Tom Gilbert off the bench. For all the good they do in attack, they're not real good defensively. Yeah, that's true. You know, they've got to be, they, you know that's that's got to be the area of the field that we run. But also as well, our, our forwards are. You know, we don't have those big, aggressive, intimidating forwards like they have. But one thing that their forwards are is big and aggressive. We've got to kick early. Nico Hines has got to kick. Turn their forward pack around. Make their forwards run 50 metres downfield, you know, to then be out of the play for two or three and then have a couple of hit-ups. We've just got to keep doing it. Get yourselves in a good position. Kick to the corners. Probably kick to Murray Tualangi because then the second hit-up's going to be Valentine Holmes. You've taken them out of the play. You don't want to have the spread to that side of the field. Just turn their forwards around. Turn Jason Tomlin. The more times that Jason Tomlin doesn't have the ball, the better for us. Absolutely. You mentioned on a show we were on before, check the links down below, uh, that I think where I was going with this, Terry, what was what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, the forwards. Kick early, as you said. They, you know, Tawalangi, he can have a shocker. 
So let's hope an early error. I think if Cronulla score early, I think maybe the Cowboys start thinking, oh, oh, here we go. Whereas I don't, like if the Cowboys score early, I think Cronulla think, ah, fuck it, we can run them down at home. I think that's a big difference. But the weather report you mentioned, where it's where I was headed. Well, my weather report has just stitched me up. Oh, I know, Terry. The monsoon's gone from Sunday to Friday. Well, it's going to be wet on Saturday. It's going to be. It's raining all week until Saturday. I prefer that. I think Cronulla play better in the rain. I think we're arguably us and maybe Parramatta are the two best sides. Penrith, of course, you've got to put in the conversation. In the wet weather, two of our best performances, you know, against Manly in that first half where it was teeming rain and then down in Wollongong against the little brother. So the weather doesn't worry me. And I think, you know, with the greatest respects to their halfback and 5'8", Nico Hines has got a far more creative kicking game and I would say a better kicking game. So I hope it fucking rains sideways. Yeah, look, I, I, I hope it rains sideways as well. Now, one thing that I'm not worried about, as you've said, is Cronulla, he's uh, the Cowboys' long kicking game. Tom Dearden doesn't have a big boot on him. Scott Drinkwater doesn't have a big boot on him. And Chad Townsend, we know, definitely doesn't have a big boot on him. And Townsend does the majority of their kicking. He does, yes. So that's the, that's the one area where we can make good metres because if Townsend's going to continuously put that ball on Ronaldo, Ronaldo Militaro's chest and give him an early wind-up, thank you. We know that Connor Tracy is a kamikaze as well. Probably one of the reasons why I'm playing Lockie Miller. You're getting those end-over-end kicks on your chest, in your breadbasket, and you're getting genuine speed and footwork. Like nothing against Will Kennedy, but okay, he can play next week. Yeah, that's fair. Well, hopefully not next week, the week after. Yeah, yeah, but then, but then, but you know, if Lockie Miller plays this weekend as a blinder, how do you drop him from a prelim? Well, you can't. It, it's a risk. It is undoubtedly a risk. You know, if we if we lose, I think Lockie Miller might come back in because you know it's easy to go back to what you were doing before when you were winning. You know, I don't really want to consider that, but I mean, you know, it's not like we're expected to pants and walk over the Cowboys here. God, you're just you're tempted to bring Lockie Miller in late, especially with Trindle being unavailable. He hasn't been named for Newtown either. So, you know, Miller's probably going to be the 18th man. So, do you, do you pull a late switch and chuck him on? I don't... I don't know. <laughs> He's a weapon. And, I mean, look, they've only got three three forwards on the bench. So, because they've got, they've got Hammer and they, they don't really have a, a plan for him. So, I think... No, putting, he normally comes on with about 10 to 15 to go for one of their backs. Yeah, just, just to play. Now, look, Lockie's got... Game changing speed. So if we're down by six, you know, with ten minutes to go, you can put Miller on and just say, just fucking run, just just run. And especially in the wet, all you got to do is get one bloke off balance, and he's through, and it's game on. Ah, oh, I'm so tempted to pull a late switch, mate. But I'll tell you what, if he's not going to play, he has to play fullback for Newtown because we need him humming just in case Kennedy isn't right. You know, if he can't back up for a prelim, or God help us. A qualifying final next week. You know, you need Lockie Miller, you know, coming off a big Newtown victory and a prelim, you know, in a prelim there. So high pressure. That's as close to his first grade game as you're going to get without playing first grade. Penrith in a prelim. So I will play him. He's either playing for Newtown or he's playing first grade as far as I'm concerned. He cannot sit on that bench for 80 minutes and do nothing. Well, the the thing is, if he's our 18th man, he can go and play for Newtown and then come and be our 18th man. I think he ha- I think that's the play. Yeah, he, he can go and do it. 
As long as the Newtown game is first. Yeah, well, it'll be over hours before. It'll be finished by 3, 3.20 if it goes to Golden Point. Or not Golden yeah. Point, extra time. So well, the, Sorry, the, the other ruling is you can't go and play for Newtown if you start the game, but he'd be on the bench anyway. Well, there you go. So, he, you know, he can be our 18th man and, he, you know, and he can he can complete the 80 minutes for, for Newtown. But um, I, I do find it very harsh for him. And I find it harsh that if he wasn't our fullback, we haven't put him on the wing. Like, no disrespect to Connor Tracy, but if there's a half chance and you need speed to the corner. Um, you want lucky. Yeah, you want, you want Lockie in there. Um, look, I'm, I'm pretty confident going into this game. I don't fear the Cowboys. The only player that I really, really worry about who loves having a big game against us in the finals is Jason Tomorolo. But I think if you can get on top of him early um, and just stop his offloads, but you know, having Dale Finucan in the middle of the park, I don't think I'd be leaving it too late to get Cam McInnes on either. Um and Toby Rudolph, obviously, has been sensational in the defensive line. And when he's come up against big forwards, he's, he's made it a personal battle to to have a go at these big blokes. So, um, yeah, look, oh, it's a mouth-watering contest, Dan. And this is the closest game on the betting agencies. That makes sense. I this mean, is the closest game. Both teams can come out and do anything. They're $1.38. Yeah. Parramatta are $3.10. Uh, the Roosters are a dollar forty, a dollar fifty-five. Uh, the Rabbitohs are two forty-five, and the Storm are like a dollar forty, and Canberra two sixty or something. So this is the closest game, um, and oh, I, I, I could feel that coming in. I could feel that line coming in a lot more. You know, be a dollar eighty, dollar ninety before kickoff. Absolutely, I think only the fact we're at home edges this. In terms yeah, whoever, of whoever was at home was getting that um, was was getting the the absolute favoritism in there. I think what is also going to play in our advantage, and this is the reason why I'm glad it's a shark park, and I don't care if you're one of the five thousand people that missed out, whatever. Just sit at a pub, put all your go to Carilla and watch the game, make an atmosphere there at Carilla. But we've got we, there's twelve thousand five hundred tickets to Shark Park this week. You'd be lucky to have five hundred Cowboys fans there. That's how intimate it's going to be. And it's just going to be a big crap. We get that early try. That early try becomes a second try and a, and a third try. And that big ruckus crowd, you know, you don't want that to be the other way because it's it's not as if they're just two close neighbours. Like you don't want to be travelling five thousand k's. Yeah, to be a big away trip with um, look, Sharp Park. Anyone who's been there knows that the conditions at Sharp Park are like nothing else. Mm. If that wind's swirling, it's coming from the mangroves. It's coming from the golf course. And he's going around in circles. He's very, very difficult. Will Kennedy's been catching bombs there all year, including the preseason. Nico's been kicking into that wind. He's nailing sideline conversions from everywhere in that wind. So, you know, especially with the conditions, not forecast to be nice by any stretch. I, look, even if even if it was sunny, you know, it sounds funny at 8 o'clock at night, but you know what I'm talking about. I still think Cronulla are too classy. But given that home ground advantage, it is so massive. This year, we've only lost the one game at home, real home game, to the Roosters. And, I mean, that Roosters side were on a run then when no one got close. So I'm okay with that. I I just don't think the Cowboys had a second loss at Shark Park. Yeah, no, I I don't think they do either. We we get the week off there. Um, Oh, God. It's absolutely vital we do not lose this game. 
because running into the Roosters, even if you get through them, you got to go to Penrith. No, thank you. Yeah, this this is you know you're gonna get Parramatta or Melbourne yeah. on our side, or Parramatta, Melbourne, or Canberra, and you'd rather that than have to go to the Roosters, then the Panthers, and then limp into the grand final. Oh, absolutely. And we're gonna get a team that's played more games than us. And we saw like that Cowboys team that we played in the prelim twenty sixteen were snotted by Brisbane the week before. That yeah. went the full ninety, and they rocked up. And we we should have been thirty nil up at half time. It's only that you know we couldn't score, and we scored. I think we got over the line like four times without actually getting a try on the board. And then in the second half, we just we ran downhill and we crushed them. We switched off because we were in party mode, and they got closer than they should. That's the big advantage. That's why winning in round one is so good. Only Penrith last year could overcome going down and doing it the long way, and they went through, you know, a Melbourne team that wasn't at peak at the time. Pretty good, mind you. So if we don't win this week, Premiership's gone. It's as simple as that. Our best chance is winning, hoping we get a batter Parramatta in, you know, week three, and then Cop and Penrith and hoping they have an off day. So yeah, everything's the, the, on the line. I think, I think what was so important about that 2016 as you're talking about, right, we went down to Canberra and we played a tough game, and... It, it was a tough game, but it wasn't really physical. It was just, it was just a battle. Yeah, it's a good game. You know? It was just a battle, and we won it on two penalty goals. Right? Canberra then played against Penrith, and although they destroyed Penrith that day, it was a big aggressive game. They then had to go to Melbourne, and they punished Melbourne. You know, Melbourne were staggering, going backwards. Canberra were running over the top of them. If Edric Lee didn't have stupid hands back then, they win the game. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, as you said, the North Queensland Cowboys uh, lost in the opening week. Then they played the Brisbane Broncos. That was, you know, that was stupid. That game. It was. That was two teams that wanted to kill each other. The Cowboys then limped into us. And we got through that game in a breeze. Yeah, we belted them. Chad Townsend was best on field. Yeah, and the, the reason that we were so prepared for the grand final is that Melbourne had had tough game, tough game, grand final, and we had had, uh, okay, relatively tough game, walk in the fucking park. You know, if you can get that again, if, if you can win this game and then come up against, you know, Parramatta and Melbourne, are probably, they're on, I think Melbourne's going to win that game against Canberra. Mm-hmm. They're, they're on a collision course for that. So, you know, go and do you. But no one our luck will win the game, but Penrith will fucking lose. Yeah, and come on the other side. That was, yeah, because I want him to lose. I don't want him to win, but I don't want to run into him either. So, yeah. Yeah, but look, yeah. do you rather play Penrith in a prelim coming off more games? So, yeah, I mean, uh, given the chance, like if you can eliminate Penrith and know that you don't have to play them in the grand final, then fine, but. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather the Roosters be on that side of the fence because this is this is the other thing as well. The Roosters, without some of their best players, they've got to take on Souths, mm-hmm. and then they've got to take on the loser of our game. Which, if it's the Cowboys, that's another big forward pack, and then they're going to have to go and play Penrith. So if they get over Penrith, they've had three tough games, and we've had a bit of a, you know. I don't know. I don't know. How big is this game, game, Terry? I'm starting, I'm starting to get too far ahead of myself now, Dan. Look, that's true. It's good to get excited. Look, I'm going to put it on record right now. If we bounce out in straight sets, this season has still been an A++. Yeah. 
Dave. Yeah, absolutely. Look, beginning of the year, I had them at eight. You had them at seventh. Um, you know, Dino Mezzatesta, when he got rid of John Morris, uh, it said that, you know, I'm banking the future on fits. He said this club is and should be a top four team or there and thereabouts every year. We're second. You know, people are going to turn around and say, oh, you know, but Cronulla have had a, a soft draw. Well, when the draw was made in November, no one knew that it was going to be soft. Yeah. You know, no one knew that Manly were going to lose Tom Turbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No one knew that the Gold Coast Titans were going to capitulate. Yep, Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Well, you know, post-Pierce, yeah, you kind of, you and I both had them dropping out of the eight as well. But you can only beat what's in front of you. Years gone by, Cronulla lose some of those games. Oh, absolutely. Four or five times we've said on this very podcast... Cronulla Sharks of old lose that game. So yeah, I mean, on the weekend, I, I, I just read out the stats: fifty-two percent possession, so many more errors, so many more penalties. You know, we lose that game in years gone by. But this is this is the Fitz era now. Completely fair. Different, Jeez, different wouldn't chemistry. Be, wouldn't it be fucking grand if Craig Fitzgibbon met the Roosters in the in the in his first season in the grand final? Oh, delicious irony, yummy, yummy irony. Yeah. Um, Anything else to say, mate? Like, no, well, mate, Newtown are playing a prelim on Saturday, which is pretty exciting too. Yeah, look, I, I can't wait. We're, we're gonna, it sounds like you and I are going to be out there with the uh, with the tin lids. Mm. I'm just having a look at the moment. Oh, wait a second. I'm just going to bring up the Newtown team here because it was only pointed out to me today. I didn't notice it, but uh, Braden Trindle, not named. No, I think he's genuinely injured. Plus, I don't think he's eligible because he didn't play enough games. Uh, are you sure about that? I don't know how many the cutoff is, but I only remember Trindle playing two or three games for Newtown because remember there was a long time there where he was doing nothing and we were saying he had to go play. The one time he did play 80 minutes, he came back and set the world on fire in first grade. So I don't think he's eligible. Well, that's, uh, that's interesting. Mm, I, don't know about... I expect Lockie Miller to go back and play fullback with Kay Dykes in the six. With the greatest mm-hmm. of respects to the great man Billy Magulius, I don't think we beat Penrith with... You know, him at six. Those that do follow Newtown, we finished first, you know. Uh, equal with Penrith. Penrith lapped us twice this this year. 26-8 and 26-10 or something. And one of those games was Hanson in front of a big home crowd. So they go in as overwhelming favourites. There's no no doubt about it. But, I mean, if our boys, you know, Iroh's had first grade experience now. You know, Lockie Miller, Kay Dykes, Metcalf, you know, Colhoun, Hazleton. So... There's plenty of like, plus Frank Pele's arguably been the best player in New South Wales Cup as a reserve. So there's a lot to like. If you can get to Cogger at 1 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, come meet us there unless it's team and sideways, in which case you can catch it on NRLW, no, NRL Rugby League, New South Wales, something, Facebook. I don't know. I'll be tweeting about it all weekend anyway. So get on it. Go the Jets. Two grand finals at minimum. Yeah, look, I, it's it, it, it's an interesting one because there, there's just literally no information about it here now. I expect Lockie Miller will go back. Matty Cavallo, Jesse Colhern and, and um, Luke Metcalf have been named for Newtown. Lockie Miller hasn't. I'm with you. I think that Miller goes back to fullback. Kay Dykes goes into the six. Billy McGullius will go onto the bench. And, you know, someone like Vincent Rennie or, or Liam Harris will, will drop out. Um, yeah, look... I, I know Penrith did lap us twice, um, but you know it's 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 a completely different ball game now. 
Um, you said that we finished equal with Penrith. We didn't. We finished one point ahead, remember, because we uh, we had the draw. We kicked the goal. That's true. If we finished equal with Penrith, they would have been second. the minor premiers. You know, it's funny you say that because New South Wales Rugby League have Penrith as first and us as second because Penrith have won more games in this year because they played last week. Ah, Fucking ludicrous. The Newtown uh, social media guy pointed that out. Guy or girl, I should say. Um, but this game, like, there's first graders. The one thing we do have in our advantage is Penrith sent this side up to play the Cowboys' first grade side last week. So they've had a big away trip. They come back, haven't played first grade, and hopefully their confidence is a little bit down. And Newcastle, who are off the rest, hopefully we can pick the bones. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's not much more you can, uh, can say about this. But if you can get out there, support the Jets, get down to Shark Park. Obviously, you and I won't be at Shark Park. We're staying at home with the kids. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the Sharks to win this. We, we were on a, a Cowboys podcast just before. Um, we'll, we'll tweet out a link. Make sure you check it out. Sam does great work. Cowboy Kate was also brilliant on that show. Uh, I'm going to pick us twenty-two to twelve. Um, get on Kyle Felt to score, though. He always scores against us. So anytime try to score Kyle Felt, I'm going to pick the Newtown Jets to win this game 13 12. going to be an absolute nail brighter. Both games, but uh, the Jets will book their spot in the grand final and we will book our spot in a prelim. Daniel. 100% agreed. Hail Matt Moylan. Hail the great man.